0: Peter, this is, you can hear my voice already, I'm so psyched and excited to, uh, to have a chat with you because as I said to you before, you're one of those commentators that I just think of as synonymous with so many big moments, um, so thank you so much for your time and one of those big moments that I have to ask you about straight away the commentary on, on the Roma game was just amazing, tell me how much did you planned that
1: I I hadn't planned it Ben. No way. Of course I hadn't, of course I hadn't. You you, you have to understand a couple of things here. First of all, uh, a commentator has to remember that he's only as good as the moment he's given. I didn't score that goal, Kostas Manolas scored that goal, Okay, so I happen to be the lucky fellow who was sat in the stand when he scored that goal. That's the first thing, so it's not my moment, it's his moment. Secondly, Uh, People do ask me whether I had prepared that goal. Of course. Um, Now, there's nothing more arrogant than quoting yourself back, but uh, I think somewhere in there, it's all about Roman gods and Greek gods and Roman hills and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) To to suggest that I had pre-scripted that is to suggest, by implication, that I had a line prepared for any one of the 18 players <laughs> turning out for Roma that night to score an equaliser against Barcelona, against the odds in the Olympic Stadium that night. It's, if you stop and think about it, it's preposterous to think that I would have sat up for five hours the night before preparing a line for each of them. But maybe a I, testament to your no, amazing but, cons. But that, no, that would be nonsense. And, and honestly, honestly, uh, the first time it occurred to me that night Because don't forget that the nation was watching Liverpool-Man City that night. It's a really good point. And and I went into Roma against Barcelona in what looked to be a dead game, knowing that everybody else was watching Liverpool-Man City, actually very relaxed and thinking this will come and go. Nice to have an evening in Rome, going home at the end (laughs) of it. And uh, it wasn't until Roma got to within one goal, actually during the game I thought, if they score again, this is going to be something. And of course, it, because I was removed from what else was happening, it hadn't particularly occurred to me that Liverpool Man City was now dying and that people might be turning over and thinking, actually, it's more exciting to watch the other one. And <coughs> they were, as it turned out. And so my f- the first time I really got into a sort of mental space where I was thinking um, we're on the cusp of something that might be a bit special was when Roma got to within one goal Um, And so, I (coughs) I didn't script anything, it's too late then, but but (coughs) I'm just getting into an area where I'm thinking, be ready to be a bit beyond the norm, that's all. It's it's a bit like um, when Aguero scored the goal that won the league. Again, you can be prepared for that day. That day I was prepared for Manchester City to win the league because of course they were going to win at home to QPR but anything you were prepared for then, the sort of final whistle and City are champions, actually, in the light of what actually happened, would have been lame. Of course. You know, you can't just stick with that. So you just, it was just about getting into a mental space that, that uh, allowed you to know that this wasn't just any old goal. Yeah. That's all. A-
0: yeah. And I, you said there that you um, kind of like half quoted it back to yourself, do you ever watch Back for to sort of give, almost I'm not gonna give you a selfie, back, but almost just to kind of see what what did I say in that moment.
1: Um, I've been made to watch it back. I right. certainly I certainly haven't gone and looked for it because I worry it, it makes me cringe really. Really? Yes, they all these things do. All these things do no because way. I think oh, partly they make me cringe and partly they make me panic because I think what if it had gone wrong? What, what if I it was rubbish? Right. What if I got it wrong? I think that about the Aguera goal, I think that about the Manolas goal. What if I got it wrong? What if, what if I hadn't done it very well? What if none of this had happened? Um, and, I, and I worry about the Manolas goal because, actually, um, <coughs> my first words when the ball hits the net were, what were they, Roma have risen from their ruins or whatever. And those were words that came out of my mouth, truthfully, to buy me four or five seconds because I hadn't got a clue who'd scored the goal. No, it's really? a, it was a big centre-half at the near post, getting a flick. Well, there's bodies in, everywhere, in, isn't bodies there? Bodies everywhere, and I'm thinking, show me who scored. <laughs> and so I've got, to buy, I've got to buy a few seconds, so I come up with a line that buys me a few seconds until I can see the back of his shirt or the front of his face and say, oh, it's Madelass. So,
0: Whereabouts are you sitting at the time? Are you Over, are you over the, halfway the halfway line. line? Yeah.
1: So you're quite away yeah. away as well. Oh yeah, and the Roma is Roma's terrible. The Olympic Stadium yeah, is lovely, but it's, it's huge. And you're miles from anywhere. I remember doing a game back in the day for ITV there, when um, Cristiano Ronaldo scored against Roma for Manchester United. Course, header. Header. And he... Uh, and I, I always quote this when people say, how do you prepare for commentaries? And I say, well, mate, the most important thing is player identification. Before anything else, you've got to know who's who. And in this and age, and you know, even back then, a decade or so ago, one of the key things to look for is boot colour. You know, because right. you've got orange boots and pink boots yeah, and yeah. green boots and whatever. And oddly enough, that night when Ronaldo scored, uh, coming through the crowd with a header, all I saw of him was his whatever colour boots they were, maybe red, whatever. Yeah, very and, bright, I and, remember. And I, yeah. and I, you know, I could have got Ronaldo wrong. And people think, how can you get Ronaldo, the most famous player in the world, or one of? And, and the truth is that in the moment, you can. And so um, anything that gives you a clue is worth looking for, and particularly when you're somewhere the size of the Olympic Stadium, <laughs> where you're a long, long way from the yeah, action. And, yeah, and, and
0: I think, like, like you said as well, there's a, there's a perhaps a... Uh, the, on, the, on behalf of the viewer, there's there's a reluctance to give any leeway, right? Yeah. Because well, you're the commentator. You should know. You've got this. Like you, you absolutely must know this. Ronaldo,
1: that's climbed above everyone there. Correct. And you've only got a pair of eyes like everyone else. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and if you think about it as a punter, if you go and watch a football match, how often when you go and watch your team play, is a goal scored? And then the people around you, whether it's four or <laughs> it's your team, you're looking and saying, who scored that? Who got that? Yeah. Who, and, and that is happening, and it happens in press boxes as well. Yeah. You know, the journalists look at, who, who got the final touch? You know, and the commentator is expected to know. Uh, and, of course, doesn't always. And a bad day at the office for a commentator, let's face it, it's the more important things, it's not saving people's lives. But a bad day at the office for a commentator is when you get the goal scorer wrong. And once in a while it happens. I'm going to
0: touch yeah, with that it, it yeah. doesn't happen to you after this interview, <laughs> have you ever
1: had one of those? Uh, yes. Yeah, one or two. I mean, yeah. Um, not particularly notable <laughs> ones, only, only I would remember them. I remember one at Boa Vista in the Champions League <laughs> where I called the wrong Boa Vista name. Um, and, and certainly there have been moments where... Um, more acutely than the Roma one I'm just mentioning, where I've been scrambling around thinking, help, help, yeah, no idea. Yeah. And, and it really informs the way you prepare. Actually, particularly if you're doing a game which involves teams with whom you're not familiar, it re- the number one thing, never mind all the facts and figures, the number one thing is to know who the players are. That's what the punter wants from you most of all. Who, who, who's got the ball now? And um, <coughs> certainly when you're doing FA Cup ties, smaller teams, um, that's essentially if you get the chance to go and watch them play before you really really must because I, ca- I can I can um I'm not gonna you know no names no pack drill but I can watch the first five minutes on the telly of a cup tie involving an underdog and I can tell you whether the commentator is watching this team for the first time or not really yeah and I suspect other commentators can know that of me you know and it's no it's no good um if a goal scorer, even if it's not scored, and you know, you, you get a full close-up of a player, and you think, yeah, which one's he?" Now, I'm not, I'm not claiming any superiority here. It's happened to me, but I think you need to be doing everything you can to ensure that doesn't happen. So,
0: you you mentioned um, another goal, obviously that was very popular as well, that, that people talk about as being synonymous with you was, which was the Aguero goal.
1: Not just me, by the but, way. There's uh, others men, as well. Well, that was <laughs> what I wanted to
0: ask. Yeah. What people might not know in the the UK (coughs) is that your commentary was going out in hundreds, I mean, like a a lot of other countries, right? And so people think of you as as the voice of that goal they're staggering yeah, that, yeah, that was, yeah and yeah. that was to me because I was working on it at the time that was the commentary I think of
1: yeah I, it, it's funny because obviously in this country quite rightly Martin Tyler absolutely nailed it and it did a brilliant commentary on absolutely brilliant um, Funnily enough uh, sometime last season I was on a train back from a Manchester City game and Martin came and sat in the same carriage really and we got off at the same station. And we, we were climbing over it, was one of these full football trains, we were climbing over Manchester City fans and some Manchester City fan who had a bit to drink sort of woke up as the train pulled into the station and he saw Martin, he said, are you Martin Tyler? And uh, Martin said, yeah, yeah, I am. And we were very polite and nice with him and he said, Martin, Thanks for the Aguero goal. <laughs> and as we got off the train, I said, Martin, they think you scored. They think you scored. And you know, Thanks the the Aguero, Aguero. <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't score it. And he'd be the first to say that. He commentated on it brilliantly, but he didn't score it. Uh, and uh, nor for the bits of the world where I did it, did I score it. So, so you, where is
0: uh, that? Because there's an art there, though. Like where? So where, in your mind, where do you, where do you fit into the equation? So we've got the player scores. The crowd goes absolutely bananas, there's a moment there and something's happening right yeah. between, <clears throat> between the fans, between the players, between the management, mm. between like, the wider world watching us work. Where do you
1: fit into that? Um, I, I think it's important from a point of view of humility to know that really you don't fit into it. All okay. you are is an eavesdropper. Okay. You, you are reflecting that moment. It's not your moment, you're reflecting that moment for anybody who happens to be watching or listening to you. Uh, So, uh, And in the really exceptional moments, which are very scarce, you know, most games are standard games which come and go and nobody notices, but in those really exceptional moments you just have to hope that (coughs) some sort of instinct kicks in and the right words come out because the, exce- the exceptional moments are kind of where you earn your corn because, because you can't be ready for them. You know, you cannot expect someone to win the Premier League in the 94th minute of the final game or whatever um, or, or to come back from three behind against Barcelona or whatever, you, you can't expect those moments. You, you can't really prepare for them and you just have to hope that what comes out is right and that's, that's in a sense why I very often don't watch them back because it makes me go cold because there's nothing I could have done to be ready for that uh, and what makes me go cold is the thought that that instinct might not have kicked in and I might have made a right pig's ear of it. I might have done, I might have done, I might have shouted the wrong name for heaven's sake, you know, anything could have happened and, and those are the live on your nerve moments. So.
0: So for you, it's, uh, it's all about research then, right? It's all about making sure that when that moment arises, that you're in the best possible position that you could be in.
1: Yeah, well, it's research up to a point, but, but <coughs> no, of research prepares you for that, actually. I mean, by the 94th minute of the final game of the season, you know who all the players are. There's, there's, this is not a moment for saying, this is the first time since 1963 <laughs> that somebody has scored in the 94th minute. This is just a moment for for reflecting the emotion of the day uh, so there's nothing um, you know people ask about whether whether you're ready with those words or not you can't be ready with those words if you were ready with those words at moments like that it would sound plastic it's, it's got to be authentic you know, and as I say, on the, on the Manchester City day, yeah, I don't deny that I had words ready for the final whistle in a standard sort of way because Manchester City, as I say, were bound to beat QPR. They had to. Well, of course they. QPR were playing not to be relegated that day and were poor at the time. And City were very, very good. They were going to beat QPR. So yes, I was ready for a final whistle saying whatever it was about Manchester City winning the Premier League for the first time since goodness knows when. And, uh, I was ready for the moment, Vincent Company lifted the trophy. But in the moment, I suppose if I, if I claim any credit, it is for recognising that what I had ready was simply nowhere near what was required. So uh, mentally tearing it up and going with what actually did occur. Are
0: you looking for, do, it, as a commentator? Are you just looking forward to the, the n- next big moment, or are you always looking on the horizon for the, the big games? Or are you, it, to you, is it just exciting to be at
1: any? <coughs> just exciting to be there. Honestly, honestly. I mean, I, I don't want to be disingenuous. Of course, the big games are, are the ones that really pump you. Yeah. yeah. But, but I, I, I also d- hope that I don't lose sight of the fact of how lucky I am. I love, I love coming to football matches like thousands of others do, uh, and, and I'm always wary. If, if you come out of what you perceive to be a poor game, if you come out of a poor game at, say, Old Trafford, okay, 75,000 people have paid to be at that game. It's Manchester United nil, Burnley nil, whatever. Uh, what you have to bear in mind, I think, is that of that 75,000 crowd, a all the partisan fans and all of us who are fans understand this, whilst it was nil-nil, they're actually on the edge of their seat because you know what it's like to be a fan. We might score, they might score. It's actually exciting even when it's boring for them. As a neutral, we might look at it and think, blimey, when's this going to finish? But for them, I know when I'm watching my team and it's nil-nil and it's awful, we might score, they might score. It's right on edge and that is going to define my mood walking out of that game. So it's not been boring for them. Of that 75,000 crowd at Old Trafford, and you can do it proportionally everywhere, maybe 10,000 are there for the first time or for a treat for their 10th birthday because they've saved up for six months because they've just come over from Hong Kong to see Manchester United play for the one and only time in their life and so to be less than excited when for, when for a big proportion of the people at the game it is the event that they've looked forward to even if to you and i who are blasé about the premier league it's just another game for every game of premier league football is an event for a lot of people and it, it's uh I, I think it's right when you're privileged enough to be the one who's shouting the names to understand that you know it's all too easy when you're in the media bubble to become Cynical and, and blase, but every game, every game, even if on the final day of the season you're at ninth against tenth with nothing on it, and, oh, when's this over? There are in that 30, 40,000 crowd a lot of people who couldn't wait for this day, and so you'd be um, wrong to forget that.
0: What a gorgeous sentiment! That's such a, like you say, I've, I think I've probably covered hundreds yeah. of games and i hadn't i think i'd ever thought about it in that way that, that maybe that is that someone's birthday present yeah. that is someone's that they might never go to another premier league game in their life so when 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 you sort of are putting together whatever it is you're you're putting together you, that's something that you have to take into account and like, i guess it's no it's not a coincidence that y- your commentary is always is always at a level where the the audience the crowd anyone watching at home can
1: get into it right people well, can I, feel I, I, the I energy I hope so I hope so I mean I, I think I'm um, <coughs> not saying anybody does this but I think if you went into a game without tapping into that and were, were tempted to say well here's another Premier League game for you I'm not sure what it's all about <laughs> you know then 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 <laughs> what's the point really I yeah. mean you know you've you've got to be excited by it, I think. And and that's not to be, I hope, journalistically weak. I mean, if it is a poor game technically, I I think you've got to be ready to acknowledge that. Um, But, uh, as I say, even the poorest of poor games has people um, hanging on the outcome. You know, a dreadful game is still supported by two partisan sets of supporters. Uh, who, want it, who want that one scrappy goal that goes in off someone's backside to be their goal. And, and so it's always exciting.
0: How much do you allow yourself to enjoy the international game? Because obviously you, you, you've covered a lot of, of the World Cup and you've covered mm. a lot of the England mm. games. How, does, is that different <coughs> for you? From a competition
1: Yeah, you? It, is di- <coughs> it is different. Um, I mean, a World Cup is a bubble. It's a real bubble. It's bizarre, isn't it? It's bizarre, it? yeah. It's like nothing yeah. else. Correct. It just it, it exists in its own space. The, obviously, the last World Cup was fantastic because, again, I do it for a, you know the sort of the, the global feed, which means I'm not allowed to be partisan, which is quite quite handy, really. Um, although it, it, it's it's an odd one because we're privileged to speak the English language, which is the global language. Uh, and I, and I think I'm still right in saying I could be completely out of date, but I think out in the world, England is still an iconic football nation. And that actually, quite a lot of people want England to win if their nation can't. So, so it's, it's not wrong to be excited on England's behalf, whilst acknowledging that there are obviously opponents who themselves want to win as well. No, the, <laughs> the World Cup in Russia was exciting, and I. I'm sure like everyone else, I had got to the stage by the semi-final where I was thinking of, oh my word, what if this actually happens? And I, I could get myself to the state of thinking, how am I going to hold back the tears? You know, because I, I could think of my sons at home and I think, what if I am saying England have won the World Cup? What? 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 Yeah. You know, and... Um, Unfortunately. And, and, and sadly, I, I obviously when they were <laughs> 1-0 up in the semi-final and they were still 1-0 up after, I have to think, oh my lordy, you know, I, I'm about to say England are in the World Cup final. And and I know it's I know it's sentimental tosh, but I was thinking of my son's back home. I was thinking of everyone back home. And not that they were hearing my version of it, but that, that's nothing to do with me being the commentator. I'm just thinking of, like everyone else, thinking of my oldest in the pub and, the, you know, all of those things. and. Uh, Actually, one of my sons rang me on the day of the semi-final and said, Dad, you will hold yourself together, won't you? You will. Because, you know, this could be a really embarrassing moment in your career. Because, you know, I'm a cry. It doesn't take much for me to cry. Oh, really? No, no, I cry at anything. What, what sort of stuff do you well, cry? Well, I, I, mean, I can cry if it's sad on Coronation Street, I show you. <laughs> I, I and I can certainly cry around a, I can cry <laughs> around a football match. I really can. What, teror-
0: what games have brought you to tears? Have you had any in particular? Because I know oh. mine instantly off the bat. The one that's that's kind of common like Then ninety six. First tournament, Gareth yes. Southgate, yeah, um, and Barry Davis on comms. Yeah. It's like it's oh burned. No. That oh is no. just burned into yes. like my sort of consciousness. Yeah, that I, the he sort of says, and now Gareth Southgate, and and it was. You listen to it, like you said, actually, you listen to it back, and you're like, it's almost like it was so scripted. Yeah, you know, but he just. just I think the, the <clears> thing that caught me was that in that five seconds. He just summed up what every single person he felt, felt without yeah, without having to say too much, because it was just a guttural like, oh no,
1: yeah, no, like, exactly. I can't believe it. No, he did. He was, he was brilliant, and he was he he was very sparing with words. Barry Davis, and was very proud of that. He was a great believer, as we all are to some extent, though not necessarily to his extent, in in letting the moment talk for itself. Uh, so he was he was. Um, he was good about that, but in a way, that that, as we all know, I mean, I'm only repeating what everybody understands, but that Gareth Southgate penalty miss played to such a large extent into this World Cup, and I've worked with Gareth, and he's such a terrific man. Uh, so when when I feel teary, it tends to be the kind of human thing. Yeah. You know, I, I feel teary more in the happy moments than the sad. Really, I think, wow, I'm so pleased for him, uh, and I was so happy for Gareth, and if. If he'd gone all the way, yeah, he would have been maybe. a big reason why, because he's just a fabulous human being. Uh, and, I, I, and I'm very keen that whatever happens with him in England, I mean, I'm very keen he wins something, of course, but if and when it all comes to an end, I just hope he doesn't get chewed up and spat out, as so often happens to England managers. It's a great quote y- from him, wasn't there, that he
0: loves, th- that he loves the game... But he doesn't like, like the business, is that business or something like that? Yeah, something on those lines. Exactly. I thought, That's just yes. so accurate, isn't
1: yeah, it? Yeah, Correct. That's exactly it, because he's just—he's a human being, and you know we're in danger of sort of false, you know, faux philosophy here. But I mean, it's only sport, and and uh, I think he gets that. Um, but sport, on the other hand, is very important to people, and and I, I just hope that the business around it, because 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 of the inevitability, it's like being the prime minister, you know ultimately you lose the election ultimately as the England manager you, you, point, lose your a, you approval lose, rating yeah, changes yeah right? your approval rating changes exactly very well put his approval rate will probably at some stage change because at some stage he'll lose a football match he shouldn't because that's how it goes and i just hope that he doesn't get scarred by it i really do because he's too nice a man for that to happen moving forward what do you look at in the
0: calendar what are you looking at as the the next thing
1: well we're in the middle of a fantastic title race so I I must admit I keep looking at the final day of the season and working out who's playing where and what it's all going to mean so I'm excited about that and and from a genuinely neutral perspective because the team I follow won't win the league um, I can (coughs) say that I hope they're all in it on the last day. That, that I want, I was, I, I want, I'm glad yeah, you said that. <laughs> yeah. I want a fantastic last day. That would, be, that would be thrilling for me. I'm really looking forward to going and working on the Nations League because I want Gareth to lift a trophy in the summer. I know it won't be one of the trophies, but just-, just a trophy. That would be tro- and a- anything. That, and be. I, I just think that the country is going to buy into that. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a couple of really exciting days. Um, so that's going to be fun. Because um, you've done, you've done, I mean you worked on the World Cup final.
0: You're, you, yes, were, yeah. you were commentating on France, Croatia and yeah. um, I mean it, I guess it was an interesting World Cup final but I, I wonder whether once you've done that are you then thinking like, oh I hope I get that opportunity again? Oh always
1: yes, I, I, I am. I wish I wasn't actually because um, you should just be able to enjoy it and think yeah. okay if that never happens again I've done it. Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately there's a bug That says, I want to do the next (laughs) one. Do (laughs) Do you get competitive with it? Well, it is competitive. It is competitive. There's no, there's no, not not uh, hostile. No, 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 of course. But but I'm aware that there are plenty of other very very good commentators who also want to do that.
0: None as good as you. None (laughs) as good
1: (laughs) as you. Absolutely, plenty as good as me. And um, so you have to be grateful when your moment comes. Actually, and if it doesn't happen again, well, at least I have done it. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to be at the next World Cup final, and and so on and so on. <coughs> and I hope, like Martin Tyler, who's he would forgive me for saying, I hope the wrong side of seventy now, and still as utterly enthusiastic about football as he was when he was seven. You know, and I think that's a, a great example for us all. And uh, if I'm still going past seventy and I'm that enthusiastic, that'll tick my box. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. mate. Top man. Thank you so much.
0: Cheers, oh, Ben. <laughs> that was magical.